In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting to Ruth Kudzi. Ruth is a business and mindset coach. She has a master's in psychology and she runs a very successful six-figure business coaching coaches. And she specialises in mindset. And I, I was really excited to get her on the podcast because I know that mindset is, is everything when it comes to when it comes to really succeeding and really achieving your goals, especially with with your you know fitness, health and fitness, uh, so many people get off track and they you know what we need is the tools to help ourselves get straight back on track when things go wrong, and by um, help motivate ourselves, and so yeah, I'm sure you guys are gonna really enjoy this conversation because as I said, mindset is everything. And Ruth gives some great tips. All right, welcome to the Mark Carr Fitness Podcast with myself, Mark, right here in your corner, discussing all things health and fitness. Hi, Ruth. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Brilliant. Well, I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. So am I right in saying that you are a business coach as well as a mindset coach? I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a coach trainer and, and a coach, I guess. Yeah, I guess business, business and mindset coach, I would say. So I'd love to know a little bit about how you got into the business of coaching. So for me, well, it's it's been quite a quite a journey. So I, yeah, let let's just do it. it, it it's not. It, it's I'm going to make it as short as possible. So I studied psychology and business at university back in the nineties, and first came across coaching. So it was always it, that was like the seed that was planted for me. I then worked in recruitment and sales and did elements of coaching in my role, um, and then I went into education and was managing teams and was a really bad manager and at the same time where I was managing teams I was doing my master's in psychology and education and again came across coaching so it I kept getting like kind of hit over the head like maybe coaching's for you and when I was managing teams I was especially when I was a deputy head so I was in my early 30s I was a really bad manager like I was very very directive I told people what to do and then when they didn't do it I got a bit huffy and I'd like to pretend that that wasn't um, that, that people didn't realize that I was a bit huffy, but I think they did. Uh-huh. So I realized that, you know, that this, you know, me telling someone what to do, them not doing it. And then the next week it being the same was not a great place for anyone to be in. So I'd, I'd already had some coach training then and I actually had a coach and I went back to it and looked at it and started to make sure um, that I was using more of a coaching style and that was really the beginning and after that I was pretty much hooked I started developing I started doing more coach training developing um, my own coaching developing programs for coaching within schools and then probably about five or six years after that that time I started my own business as a coach so it's really been something that has been inside of me for a long time and then from inside going outside and really you know actually using the skills that I already had 
um, and realizing that, you know, that if you can get somebody else to come to their own answer and solution, they're much more likely to do it instead of you telling them. People don't like being told what to do, do they? No. So that's really interesting to me that so you, you had all the management skills, but you didn't have yeah. the, psych- the psychology skills or, you, or you, you weren't using them, even if you had them. I wasn't using them. Yeah. <laughs> How funny. And you're, you're right. People don't like being told what to do. And I find it really interesting that you were able to go back, change your approach, you know, and develop your coaching skills. And as you say, now, you, instead of telling people what to do, now you help people, you guide people, you coach them to come to their, like, as you said, come to their own solution, which which probably works, which leads me right to asking you a little bit about mindset um how would you say mindset fits into um into what we do say we're trying to lose weight for instance and i'll give you some scenarios in a minute but i'd love to hear a little bit about what you think about mindset your thoughts on mindset i think mindset is so important and i think that for all of us it's it's about our um it's about the way that you view yourself so if you are viewing yourself as, you know, if you're seeing yourself as somebody who is able to lose weight, if you have that self-perception um, and you see yourself as somebody who's got that ability, you're much more likely to follow through. And equally, if you see it as being, you know, if you don't have a fixed mindset, so a fixed mindset would be, you know, I am a thin person or I am a healthy person. And like, and then, you know, that you don't see that there's room to grow or develop. So, you know, like if you've got that mindset, I can be healthier or I can be slimmer or I can, whatever it may be, and you can see it as a journey and you realize that, okay, some days you may fail and you may, you know, it isn't really failure. Some days you may think, oh gosh, I haven't drunk any water or I haven't done the exercise. But if you can see that as part of the learning and you can be like, oh, okay, well, I didn't do any exercise today okay, why didn't I do any exercise? What have I learned from that? What can I do differently tomorrow? So that's a very different mindset than saying, okay, well, I failed because I didn't do any exercise and therefore I'm not going to do any exercise all week. And I don't know because I don't work in, uh, I don't work in the diet industry, but I do know for myself that I've in the past, especially around health and fitness, have had like an all or nothing mindset where I'm like, okay, so, and we know that this doesn't work. You know, I'm not going to eat any chocolate. Then all you can think about is, chocolate and then when you eat eat a little bit of chocolate it's like well that's it then i failed and actually it's like well yeah of course you can eat chocolate sometimes but maybe don't eat you know three miles bars a day or whatever it may be i think that i think our mindset is we have to really not only imagine that we're already that person that we want to be but also see the learning and understand that we are able to change how we think and how we um how we think and how we develop so so you mentioned uh, how you see yourself and yes. uh, belief self-belief i and you know you know like uh, i've got a client right now who's reading the secret and i read that years ago and i do believe that you know if you can see it and you believe that mm. you can do it you will actually take the steps so I can see how yeah. that's really important, but and then and then you were saying that if you mess up, 
you should okay look at it and then say okay you haven't failed but let's just start again and let's pick it up and let's go and, that, and I believe in that as well mm. um, I'm, I'm a, a boxing coach professional boxing coach so when you know you, you come back to the corner somebody might have a bad round you're there as the coach to give them something to go back and say don't worry about mm. that let's pick it up let's go again but what if for instance they don't like they keep doing it say for instance um for some reason they're not changing their behavior but but just picking it up again you know like say okay i'll, I'll do it again tomorrow <laughs> you mm. know what, I mean? <laughs> what would you say okay so i i'd want to know what's going to be different around about tomorrow and what it is that is making that is that is getting them to actually put their put things on hold and really i'd want to understand about what's going on underneath because if we keep putting something off till tomorrow or if we keep making the same mistakes then usually that behavior comes from the fact that we underneath maybe we don't believe that we can change or maybe we are comfortable where we are and our identity where we are is about um yeah our, our identity is based on where we currently are and it's scary for us to think about changing so often people have they will they will have a certain level of comfort and certainty where they are and it can be really difficult to change that not me not meaning it's impossible but you have to support your client to unpick all of that stuff that's going on underneath their behavior i always think that you can't change anything like you can't change anything that is like the or you can change a behavior only however if you change a behavior only you are unlikely to change um long term because you haven't dealt with the thoughts or the beliefs and the all of those other things that are underneath that behavior so i think it's really important to understand that the behavior is the tip of the iceberg and when we're working with people actually it's what's going on in their brains like their brain is dictating their behavior and the reason that they keep doing the same thing is because they're running an automatic script or an automatic process so this has become habitual for them so they need to pattern interrupt they need to do something different um, and they need to be consistent and focus on doing that that different thing which starts with their thought and then goes on to their behavior for it to be sustainable because otherwise you, know, you change a behavior but you still don't believe that you can be fitter stronger slimmer whatever it may be mm -hmm. yes you know something happens and you go back to that old behavior and I think that's, I mean, you must see that a lot. Yeah, I do see that a lot. And you're right. It's not just changing the behavior. You have to change what's going on inside, like you said. And that's the challenge. But it's like, um, your, so your beliefs, you're talking about your beliefs are controlling you. What you believe about yourself is controlling your behavior. So if you only change the surface, um, if you only change the behavior without changing the belief they'll automatically go back at some point to the to the old behavior and it's because they haven't changed the beliefs about themselves or what's going on in their in their head yeah so yeah so i i really like what you're saying about the pattern interrupts so for instance 
I want to know if this is what you mean. For instance, something will happen. Somebody will be at work and, you know, they've got all good intentions. Yeah. They may even made lunch, you know, or taken it with mm. them. Mm. But then something happens. Uh, Maybe two or three things that happen. And they feel like they're having a bad day and they will go reach back to, okay, I'm going to go home. I deserve to eat this cake or I deserve to mm. drink, you know, half a bottle of wine or whatever it is. And that mm, might lead mm. to a few days, you know, um, because they get some. So is that where the pattern interrupt comes in where you, you know, where there's yes. a, a, a choice before you make a decision? Yeah. And it's, it's about making that, that choice conscious because often when we have that kind of pattern interrupt, we might be, um, what might happen? So we might be thinking, um, like we've already got that automatic script. I'm like, something bad happens, therefore I'm going to have a cake. And even if we don't get any pleasure from having the cake, it's so entrenched in our behavior that we're likely to do it. So actually allowing yourself, right, okay, why am I doing this? Like, why am I getting a donut every day? How much joy am I getting from this? What else am I going to, how else could I feel? Yeah. So what is the cake giving you? Is that, is that what you mean? What's yeah. What is it giving us? Yeah. What is it giving us? And, and actually asking ourselves, like, how important is this to us right now? What else could, what could we do as an alternative? How could we feel better about ourselves? Like all, asking yourself all of those questions. Because ultimately, you know, if you want to change your behavior, first of all, you have to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yes. And so that's how you interrupt your own pattern by questioning yourself, by actually looking at what your your own behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Starting to look, starting to recognize, starting to identify. Okay. Every time uh, when I have, so every time when I have, um, when I have, uh, I don't know. Uh, it could be. It, well, uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, I, I can't what, think of an example. <laughs> what people will do, what people will do is, you know, if they're struggling, they may, like I said, you know, they may be on a really uh, on a roll. Things might be going well, mm. exercise wise, diet wise. Mm. I might ask them to be downloading their diet into my fitness pal, yeah. and I can look at it, and everything is going good. Training, they're losing weight, they're feeling fitter, healthier. But you know, life will throw things at you, and and. You know, one of them, for instance, a big one recently was, you know, it's still going on, like the pandemic. And so mm. suddenly, you know, everything's changed. Yeah. The gyms are shut. And, and it was hard. I understand. It was really difficult. But, um, you know, and then people just go off track completely because they felt, I, I guess they felt a little bit like they didn't have any more bandwidth, you know, like work and everything, especially if they're working in with the NHS. But... Mm. But how do you know? And then, if it's not if it's not as big as the pandemic, it could be something as small as just having a bad day. Yes, that will throw them off where they just do not put anything into their diary anymore, and mm. then they will admit, you know, that they've eaten badly and drank quite a bit, and they haven't really trained, and they're a bit tired, and they're also a bit down. But then, <laughs> and then they could pick it up. 
but then this pattern will happen quite a lot. So, because life can always throw things mm. at you, you know. So, it, so we never get past the point of going on mm. a six-month roll, for instance. You know, it, it, mm. you, you may get you may get five five weeks, maybe of good, and then something is bound to happen, and that could be even a birthday, a holiday. It could be anything that's going to take you off track. Mm. Um, you know, so. Mm. And I know that anybody that really achieves anything and it's like remarkable is that it takes commitment, you know, over time. So, so it's, so what you're saying is that it means that you need to, I guess for me, it's about being able to control your emotions. And is that looking at, because if you, if you get into an emotional state, you then, you're triggered to do what you normally do. Yes. And that could be anything. It could be have a cigarette or anything, you know, it could be anything like that that doesn't support your actual mm. initial goal. And so to break that, you're you're saying we need to look at what is that behavior giving us and then question it. Mm. Yeah. And then also it's going back to identity. Think about what the identity is that we want to have and is this is this coherent and cohesive with that identity like if we want to be uh if we want to be um if we want to be a healthy person and we want to have energy does a healthy person drink wine every night you know is this is this is this the behavior that we want to have an interesting thing that we can do there is we can do a future self-visualization. So we can imagine that we are the person that we want to be. So if we use an example of healthy, we are a healthy person who's got lots of energy. Okay, so if we're that person, if we step into that version of ourselves, what is that person doing? What is that person available for? And what isn't that person available for? Okay, well, if we're a healthy person, are we available for drinking wine every night? Are we available for skipping the gym are we available for saying yes to the donut man and no to walking outside you know and you can really do that you can imagine yourself as that person and really and when you're visualizing that you're starting to build a new neural pathway so a new way of being in your brain where you're starting to believe that that's possible now of course i mean this is the roots of manifestation but you have to then back it up with doing things you can't only think and then suddenly uh, suddenly your your locks fitter although um joe dispenser has done some research that if you there is some research that he cited um i'm not sure where it's from that um they got people to imagine that they were doing bicep curls for 30 minutes a day and they actually found after a month that it got an increase in their in the strength of their biceps um Amazing. So there, there is some yeah. power there there is some power there but, um, you know, that would be a 30-minute visualisation every day with your biceps. Like, I don't really understand why people just didn't do the curls, to be honest. But yeah. um, that if we're doing that, if we're, if we're pre-programming our brain, if we're um, starting to imagine that we are this person already, well, okay, if I'm a healthy person full of energy, I'm not going to be drinking half a bottle of wine every night. So... If I, you know, tapping into that future self and actually acting as if and not acting as if in a way that is inauthentic, but acting as if, because if we act in this way, we will become that person. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe I'm not going to drink that wine. You know, maybe that's not a good thing for me to do. So that can be, I mean, that's, 
that is one of my favorite activities to do um, with people to really help them to step into who they want to be. I love that. So identity, I totally get that, what you're saying, because for instance, when I, before I was a boxing coach, it was just a passion of mine and I, and I was just a personal trainer only. And then I had to think, I, I, I could work in boxing, you know, and, and I got this idea mm. that I could work in, in the professional sport. And, but then I had to do something about it. And that was the very first thing was going into a boxing gym and saying, I'm a trainer. I think I've got something to offer the fighters, whether that's diet advice or conditioning advice. But I put mm. myself in the environment. And then there were small steps I had to take, you know, until I got to the point where I was actually working in the corner for when the gym put fights on. Until somebody said to me from the boxing board of control, you can be a boxing coach. Why don't you go and get your license? And and even then I had to do do that and then see myself doing the whole because then you're really stepping into to that role. But then the mm. more I do it, you know, and now I could say I'm a boxing coach, a professional boxing coach, and I, I get it because I've done it. But that's the steps are set out for me in a way. I had to put myself in there, but, but the steps were there because they're practical things that you can do. Mm. Um, when you're when you're sort of trying to change your identity, and it's from say somebody who drinks quite a bit, you know, maybe you know, it doesn't really take exercise too seriously. And it, it can be quite a rich thing, you know. Uh, you know, that's just not... You know how Americans are quite up for everything? <laughs> and they, yes, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And positive. But, but in, in England, we could be like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, whatever, let's go down the pub, you know? Let's just... <laughs> and they don't, want, they don't even want to buy into anything too... Um, they call it too American, as in way of thinking. And, and I think that can help hold you back make you very safe and comfortable like you mentioned being comfortable in this identity that yeah well you know that's how it is how do you then even if you can see yourself you've got a mixture of things going on because you've probably got people that mm. you're with right uh, yeah that, uh, that you hang out with and you're trying to form this new identity so you've got to do these little things I guess it's through I'm just trying to figure out what you said <laughs> Through doing mm. these small actions and letting the one identity overtake another, is that would you say that was right? So, so slowly, you don't change overnight, but you can slowly eke in the new healthy you. Is that is that the way? Yes. You yeah, yeah. I would say that you don't change overnight. So overnight changes are unlikely to happen. But yeah, it's about it's about slowly changing, and it's about you know really thinking actually about. So if you want to change, let's say you, you go to the pub every night yeah. and you want to change that. So you want to change that. You want to you want to actually have healthier habits. So it is about breaking it down, tiny habits. Uh, I would say BJ Fogg is, a, is the master of this. And he talks about this in his book, Tiny Habits. Mm -hmm. But you really want to think, OK, how can I break this down into really small things? And how can I also look at how I can link this to what I'm already doing? So, for example, if we're thinking about um, if we're thinking about new habits, OK, so maybe we're thinking about 
you know, creating a habit where we go to the gym every day. I'm just going to use it because it's quite easy. So we're thinking, okay, we're going to create a habit where we go to the gym every day. So what we need to do is we need to think about, okay, well, when are we going to go and how can we anchor that to a habit we already have? So how can we anchor that to something that we're already doing? Mm -hmm. And then how can we, from there, um, we've anchored it to a habit that we're already we're already pursuing. How can we ensure like what are the what are, what's every little step? So we're breaking it down. So if we need to go to the gym, we need to have our gym kit. So maybe we need to book a class. So we need to think about the route that it's going to take from traveling where we are to getting to the gym. Um, you know, and really like break down every single element. So then you can then you can you can start to foresee anything that's going to stop you. And I think that that's a really, a really good way of doing it. But also you can start to sequentially think, okay, so if I do this, mm -hmm. then I do this, then I do this, then I do this. So it becomes a sequence of events. And then you're more likely to do that. Interesting. And you're also, mm -hmm. you're also looking at what could happen. And so mm -hmm. if you're walking past a, I don't know, a, a coffee shop, you know, or something. Mm. You don't want to start linking. I like what you said about linking things to things. You don't, because people often may buy a bag or a, a croissant in the morning or something, you know, <laughs> yes. and have a sweet yeah. coffee. And then that becomes mm. linked to their journey. So it's looking at linking yeah like on the way home you go to the gym is that what you mean like if you if you're if you're off your yeah like on the way so if on the way home you go to the gym so and if you know if you have work colleagues who encourage you to go for a drink well okay so what's your exit plan like maybe you're booking to a class maybe you're going to lose your money if you go money may not always be enough to lose it for you but yeah it's it's about those little you know so if you if you get a croissant with your coffee maybe you stop having a coffee you know mm -hmm. So maybe in the short time you stop having a coffee. The classic yeah. one is people who only smoke when they drink. And people don't understand it. It's the reason they're smoking when they're drinking is a habit. Yeah. The cue is they have a glass of wine with their friends and then they smoke. So there are lots and lots of people who only socially smoke and they can't understand it because they're not addicted. No, but they've got the their brain is wired for that cue they have a glass of wine or gin and tonic or beer or whatever it may be with their friends and those are the cues they've got their friends there they've got a drink and then if they're in the environment where there are cigarettes they're going to crave cigarettes so um yeah it's really really interesting all of this because that's why people often smoke that is so true mm. i actually had that conversation with, with a client because he has crisps with his sandwich yeah <laughs> right yeah and, and he always had crisps and sandwich so i actually said to him well that goes together right and he said yeah and i thought how about not having the sandwich because because he can't have a sandwich without the crisps mm. <laughs> and he laughed but the laugh didn't tell me he was going to stop having the sandwich i think stopping the sandwich was a big deal <laughs> mm. <laughs> so this all goes back to this then all actually all goes back to what you said in the beginning about about how you see yourself and what's behind your behavior really doesn't it because mm. the, sorry the tools are there mm. but if you're not if you if you don't really know what's driving the behavior it could be comfort like you said you mentioned comfort mm. do we need to be uncomfortable do you think to grow 
Oh, that is such a good question. I do think that there is an element, maybe discomfort is a bit strong, but I think there's an element of growth that comes from us actually changing what we're doing. So there's an element of growth that comes from us changing what we're doing. And if we're not doing that, then, then you know, we, we need to really think about why not. So I do think there's an element for us, all of us, about growth and about how we can grow. Um, yeah, how, how we can grow in a way that is going to move us forward. So it, with that, it is going to be challenging ourselves you know challenging ourselves to do things differently yeah yeah so you're absolutely right so we need to if we don't challenge ourselves actually uh, consistently we won't grow we won't change yeah yeah do you know sometimes it might take uh, uh, i'll just tell you this um i i used to write a diary mm. um, and I didn't realize that actually I was running the same patterns and running into the same traps mm. and doing the same thing round and round again and always thinking that I was going to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, because we do. <laughs> until, until I looked at my diary and then I thought, and this was like lying, lighting a fire under me. I actually looked and went, oh, my God, I've been doing the same thing for four years. <laughs> and I'm laughing, not at you, because... Like, it's so common. It is so common. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, yeah. it scared me to the point where I changed almost everything in my life at once. Mm. You know, within a year, I kind of made huge changes. And, but why did it take so long? How did I not realise that this was going on, you know? Um, and this is what, I guess, what a coach is for. Mm to to so so we need to be honest with our clients we need to tell them the truth <laughs> and even if because because it's it's interesting like as because I, I i'm not i'm not the type of trainer that will be too harsh on people but i try to just show them where they're at and be truthful but not i never want to make people feel bad but, mm, mm. but but you know like I made myself feel bad by looking at my diaries and realizing, and I guess um, you guess you do need a bit of a shock sometimes, don't you? I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a, it's a bit of a shock. It's making you know, it's it's really that reflection back as well. Like, okay, like what is actually going on here? So you know, I always say that awareness is that first stage, isn't it? Understanding what is going on. Awareness, yes. Absolutely. So one more thing I'd like to ask you about, uh, which I know you, you speak on, is rituals. Yeah, yeah. And how rituals would fit into all of this. Mm. <laughs> I love the word rituals. Um, so, you know, for me, a ritual or a routine is, um, you know, it's a, it, it is, it's about it's it's a similar thing about laying out that kind of sequence of things that we do but so it becomes habitual so it becomes a pattern so it's really about looking at 
you know, what is that routine? What is the, what are the steps that I'm going to take? What's the order that I'm going to take him in, the, them in? I'm yeah. really connecting to them. I think that we can all be more, you know, we can all, and, and actually what I love about rituals is that the word is, um, the word is so, um, it's, it's like a joyous word, isn't it? Yeah. A ritual. It sounds nice. It sounds good. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're thinking about rituals, well, making them pleasurable, making them, you know, things that you actually want to do. I mean, that's really important because if we're doing what we want to do, if we're doing what we want to do, then if we're doing what we want to do and if we're getting pleasure from that, then if we're getting pleasure, the dopamine centers in our brain are activated. And yeah. so that reinforces that positive behavior. So it's really thinking about the things that we get pleasure from. You know, that is so important. Pleasure. Yes. And the word ritual to me almost sounds sacred, doesn't it? You know, like a ritual, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you make the ritual support you, make them pleasurable and that becomes your ritual then it can only be a good thing it can only be something mm. that you will stick to mm. yeah fantastic well thank you so much in this short time you've given us so much <laughs> <laughs> well thank you i really appreciate it where, where can people find you well i'm the only ruth kudzi so that's quite cool so it's kudzi k-u-d-z-i uh, I'm Ruth Kudzi on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And I've also got a Facebook group called The Coaching Community. So any of those things, just type Ruth Kudzi into Google and you'll be able to find me. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ruth. I really Thank appreciate you. it. And um, I look forward to catching up with you and letting you know how we all do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening i hope you enjoyed that if you're not connected with me on social media come and connect i'm on on instagram twitter and clubhouse all under mark r fitness at mark r fitness Uh, come and find me there i'd love to connect with you guys and if you're not receiving this uh, podcast through my newsletter then what are you waiting for come and sign up to my newsletter you can do that by going to markrfitness.com Uh, There's two ways, either sign up for my breakfast menu or look for the 14-day free plan. Uh, I'm running a 14-day free workout plan that you can do at home. And either way, if you sign up to either one of those, you'll uh, receive my newsletter where you'll get my podcast weekly, uh, any industry news I think is relevant, as well as any offers for myself. So I look forward to connecting with you guys there and I shall catch you all soon.